How about that storm earlier? I think it was raining. Sharks and squids. Welcome to What Is It About The Weather podcast. We explore the many ways that weather intertwines itself into our lives. This week we're going to be getting into how it intertwines itself into our vocabulary. Or how we choose to use our vocabulary. In any case, before we get to the main topic, hope you're having a good weather week. Mine has been what I would call relatively normal. Now, I shouldn't say my week has been relatively normal, but the weather part of it, you know, about as uneventful as I can remember in a while. You know, some days a little warmer than normal, some days a little cooler than normal, but pleasant overall. It was good to be outside. I mean, I, that's the kind of weather I like. I do like it a little cooler. I mean, you guys know that. And if I were going to pick a extreme to be in the outdoors in, it would tend to be cold versus warm. But it's always nice when you can get out. Not think about it sometimes, right? That weather just happens. And that it doesn't have to dictate your schedule or make you change plans or whatever it is. So I had a little bit of that kind of weather, which was good considering I had flat tire on my bike and some other things that just had me run around this week like a chicken with my head cut off. So normal weather. I hope yours was normal. If that's what you wanted, if not, I hope you got whatever crazy weather you were looking for. And there was an always, you know, we always have crazy weather. I, th- I think the, the funniest one that caught me this week had to be the blizzacane headline that I saw. You know, last week when we were doing our whole breakdown of that forecast, Hurricane Larry was still out there. And I think at that point was still, you know, a major hurricane when I record and everything. And he died down a little bit. But one of the things he was expected to do, and I, I think it was today that the final kind of push into Greenland. Now, he's not still a hurricane, but was supposed to bring up to two to three feet of snow in the southern part of Greenland. <laughs> not unheard of for them to get that kind of snow. Maybe a little early in the season for it, however, and, and probably more interesting that there was a hurricane component to it. We're starting to get in that time of year where you know the more active storm pattern in the, the mid-latitudes is kicking in again. It's kind of like spring, reverse season of, of that. And I think he was just taking, taking advantage of that. So, any case, that was probably the, the one that stood out. Now, I also learned that apparently it's difficult to get peaches in D.C. I, why that's relevant, it really doesn't matter. Just just know that apparently there's a, a peach problem. I, I've had plenty of peaches up here, and um, I've decided that I'm not going to buy produce at Costco anymore and that's completely irrelevant in the podcast too but too many I I don't know buy stuff there you know you're you're you see all this stuff and you go wow it's huge and then you get home and I had I had a peach go from looking really good to like less than 40 out 48 hours later being some sort of laboratory experiment on the platter it was sitting on so like I need to stop buying so much produce and watching things go to waste before I get a chance to eat them Before we get to the main topic, let me take a moment to say, please, if you haven't taken the survey and I'm, you know, a few more weeks of me asking this as a favor, I'd really appreciate if you could either follow the links in the show notes or just go to the website, whatisaboutTheWeather.com. Right there, it says, take the survey. 
got some interesting feedback, continue to get, you know, a couple handfuls of responses, which is about what I expected, but I really would. I'd like to get, as I said, tens of responses because very seldom do you get people actually respond to surveys, but the feedback's been useful. And I, you know, I, there are ideas there that I hope to incorporate. So all you got to do is throw something out there and you too might find that your idea is incorporated into the podcast. Any case, if you have trouble finding the survey, send me an email. What is about the weather at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter. What is about the weather on Twitter or Mark underscore Jelani on Twitter. Go to patreon.com slash weather. Find it there as well. Of course, on the YouTube channel. All these places you can you can dig up the survey. The website's probably the easiest to do, but if in doubt, just pop me a message and I'll get it to you. All right, let's get to the main topic. Now, you heard me talking about sharks and squids. Now, what I really wanted to talk about today was the idea of words and kind of weather idioms, right? So sharing something that's a figurative translation, something not a literal translation. And I think the one that I've probably heard the most over my lifetime is raining cats and dogs. In terms of, I guess, weird ones, there, there's some that I've heard that, uh, you know, this seems sort of logical. But raining cats and dogs was always one to me that I never understood. Been a common phrase in my life. And you go looking, trying to look for the origins of these things, and you go, huh, okay, that doesn't explain it, and that doesn't explain it. And, and any time a phrase has been around a long time, it's going to be hard to find the origins. Heck, a lot of things that come out, you know, modern words we use, it's sometimes difficult to pin down the origin. So clearly it's going to be more difficult the further back in time we go. But raining cats and dogs, I mean, I, I understood what it meant, but it still never makes sense to me. Still today, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I mean, what about rain makes you think it's like cats and dogs, right? I'm assuming it means it's these big old creatures, or maybe that cats and dogs are fighting, so there's thunderstorms and lightning going on. It, it could be all those twists. But one of the things when I was looking into this episode is I came across a and I, and I have put the link in the show notes, kind of an international look at weather phrases. Now, there's not a ton of them, but a couple of them really related to this one in particular. And there was one, and I'm not going to try to pronounce these things in the native language. I'm, I'm pronounce, pronouncing the um, English translation. So if someone knows them well and wants to tell me how to say them, they can also go to the website and tell me, you know, send me a voice message about how to, how to record them and, and say them properly, and I might try. But the French have one that's raining like a pissing cow. Now, this website has some visuals, and they have a visual of that, which was kind of funny. But the other one was Portuguese, and it was raining like pocket knives. And that one actually made a little more sense to me because that could kind of imply you know, that it's a really heavy rain. If you've ever been out one where it can almost feel like it's stinging you, or maybe there's a little bit of hail or something like that in there that's that's causing a little more irritation, if you will, something that could puncture or pierce. But end of day, you know, all of them are just a way to describe heavy rain. The funner part is where they come from, right? What, who, who thought to say something like that? And why did it stick, maybe more importantly? But what I decided to do was pick three that have always sort of baffled me at least a little bit that I've heard again and again and we'll talk about why they're I guess have always stuck with me as being odd because for some of you it may make complete sense all right and the first one is something being right as rain right as rain okay 
it rolls off your tongue. That's intentional, I'm sure. But it's, you know, it means you're very fit very well. Now, the idea of this one apparently has a UK origin, which makes a lot of sense. It is a rainy country as a whole. And so maybe the idea is to be right is just to be fit, right? Or, or to be well. And the idea of being right as rain just means maybe that it's just normal, right? It's, it rains on a regular basis. And it just means it's, you know, things are happening as we would expect them to, all right? That's at least what's hypothesized. If you look at it, though, there's been lots of right as other things. And that's what I found kind of funny is it's right as a nail, right? Or, or you know, something that implies being strong and straight, right? Something along those lines. But clearly, as I mentioned, we're getting into a case where the idea is one of a little bit of alliteration. The whole right as rain, right? It kind of rolls off your tongue, right? It's easy to say. And there's other ones that you think about it as well. It's like, Fit as a fiddle, right? It's got a nice little flow to it. And to be fit's great. Why a fiddle is fit? I have absolutely zero idea, right? Or pleased as punch. Sounds great. Again, got these nice alliterations going. But what in the world do these things have to do with each other, right? And, And that's why they fall in this kind of category. But I get back to the same thing, which is, yeah, they sound great, but who in their right mind picks the other word, right? To say something's fit as, or pleased as, or right as. It's like somebody was just having, uh, okay, give me a, give me an R word. Um, right as reverse, right as ringtones, right as, and, and you can go on and on. And the, you know, the ideas that are hypothesized, is that truly it is all about this is the one that happened to live because of the alliteration, because, you know, it was just easy to say. And when you read these things and, and look at how they try to come up with the origins, that's the, that's the other fun part about this experiment, right? And what's a little different here, when I'm doing one of these weather and history ones, I really try to dig a lot and make sure I'm trying to get to the origin and as correct of a story as I can portray. And that doesn't mean it's always clear, right? A lot of times there are competing stories. Further you go back in time, the more that competition's going to exist or the less something is documented, the more it's going to exist. Or if it's in another language that it's not my native tongue and I'm trying to understand it, more likely that that's going to exist. But sometimes with these sort of things, I don't really care. And today, I think it's it's an interesting one. I still don't understand. And maybe somebody who's listening in the UK can chime in and say, does rain just seem right to you? I mean, I, that has to be the basis for it, correct? It, it, it has to just seem, yeah, it rain's just normal. Rain makes it feel like everything's okay. Or maybe in the Pacific Northwest here in the U.S. Or, again, I live just north of a temperate rain floor, uh, rain forest, rainforest in Chile. And so maybe rain's just, if there isn't rain, it's actually disturbing or unsettling. So to be right as rain just simply means uh, everything's good with the world, right? But that's not exactly what it applies. It implies that 
traditionally that that someone is is very fit or very well. That's how it's used typically in the UK, and and I haven't necessarily used it that way. And again, maybe that's the across the pond approach. Is I've taken a phrase, and when I use "right as rain," it I do apply it in a sense of saying everything's okay, right? Everything's everything's going to be all right. It's all right as rain. So I don't know. You know, chime in if you've got some thoughts on that. The second one was on cloud nine. Now, this is one that I've always understood the meaning. It's, you know, you're very happy. You know, nothing can ruin your day kind of thing. You're just, you're high as a kite, right? You're way up there. And again, high as a kite makes sense. You're way up there, right? You're just on top of the world, if you will. You're higher than everything else. But it implies that generally you're in a really good state. That someone, you're, you're, I don't know, maybe you got in a promotion, maybe you, you know, you just got great news about uh, somebody in your life. It, it doesn't matter, right? Whatever it is. You just won the lottery or you're just feeling great about something. But the idea is that, right? You're feeling, you're feeling about as good as it can be. Now, this one, the origins have a few, of course, competing theories, but there is one that seemed to hold water, if you will, to use another phrase, which also has an interesting backstory as well. And it has to do with a gentleman named Ralph Abernathy. Okay. Now you got to be careful when you go look in this one, because there's a couple of Ralph Abernathy's. There's Sir Ralph Abernathy, who lived before the Honorable Ralph Abernathy, related, of course. But it was the younger of the two that was a particularly well-respected meteorologist in his day. And when I say his day, it's you know a little over 100 years ago. I, I found it interesting. His obituary was published in the Journal of Nature. That's quite an accomplishment to me. That doesn't happen every day. But he was very instrumental in early documentation of clouds and photography of clouds. Wasn't the only one, but he was one of a handful, less than a handful, that collectively their efforts would go into what is known today as the International Cloud Atlas. So it's a very well-documented reference material about the different cloud types we have. And new clouds do get added, right? But there's always been kind of this basic group of clouds, okay? And, and you will have heard some of them before. Cirrus clouds are the, you know, the real wispy clouds or stratus clouds, which is just kind of that you know gray deck of clouds that's really at a thin level, though. That's, that's what you may not have an appreciation of when you're looking at it. It's one whenever you fly a plane, it's kind of neat to go through because you go from just this kind of dreary below the cloud deck sensation to you break through and it's, you know, it's bright as it can be. Very thick, but not, it's or I shouldn't say it, not very thick, thick in the sense of blocking the light, but gives you that impression that it's very, very, very deep. But it doesn't take much to kind of bounce that light around. And so, realistically, the layer itself, atmospherically speaking, is relatively thin. But back in that atlas, when it was the first version was created, and even still today, we have kind of what are considered 10 basic types of clouds, right? Mentioned a couple of them to you, but the, layer, the very last one, the very last one, cumulonimbus clouds, Right? Those are those big, tall towers that you see when you have thunderstorms a lot of times. right? 
But they seem to kind of grow out of nowhere, or they look like these big towers. But if you ever sit and watch them form, they're really kind of neat, because a lot of times they're active in their formation. You can put a time-lapse video on it and kind of watch it grow. Nonetheless, the idea is they're the clouds that go from very low, all right, they may, and again, where they start, it, it really doesn't matter because that can vary, but they grow substantially vertically within the atmosphere, which a lot of clouds don't, right? A lot of clouds are stuck at certain levels. Maybe someday we'll talk about that too. The idea being you're on the top of that cloud. And again, that's the proposed solution here. But then you say, but, but, Mark, you said there were 10 cloud types. What, what does cloud nine have to do with it? Well, we get back to the same general idea here of cloud number nine is actually cloud number 10 because they start with zero. Okay, and that is not an uncommon thing. Now, whether it's true or not, hard to prove. I didn't. I, I found no reference material that said this is cloud type zero and this is one. Now, it may exist. But what I saw basically was that was the explanation is cloud nine was the last in this group, the last in this core set of clouds, and it's the big tall towering one. So if you're on top of cloud nine, you're on top of the world. Can't get any higher. Things are great. I don't know. Seem, seemed plausible to me. The last one I wanted to cover today was sheets to the wind. Now, most of us who have ever heard it kind of know what the phrase means, but if, in case you're unfamiliar with it, it usually refers to somebody who's had a little too much to drink. And the common one that you hear a lot is three sheets to the wind. may not be the only one you've ever heard, or someone who doesn't understand the reference may have used something else. But there's really this debate of does it have to do with windmills or ships? That's, that seems to be the two primary stories. And... In either case, though, it's about balance and being in control. With the windmill, the idea is if you have, if it's really windy and you have all the little, this is an old style windmill, right? That you could actually take a sheet, if you know, or just the, the vein that's going on. You could add or remove some. So the old styles, I think at their max had four, you know, if you think of that classic kind of Dutch looking windmill graphic. But you might narrow it down to two if it's a really windy day because you don't want the thing to spin it out of control. However, if you end up with three, it could create a vibration because it's out of balance, right? So that's the lack of control or being out of control. Now with ships, it has to do with something else. And I even saw two explanations of this. One of them had to do with about adding extra jibes to create balance in the ship when it's in a storm. But the more plausible explanation is a sheet on a ship is actually a rope, and the ropes hold the sails in place. And so if the ropes aren't attached and they're flapping around in the wind, then the ship is going to be out of control. All right, things are out of control. It really seems that there's a couple of things that to remember that are key with this one, whether you're thinking windmills or whether you're thinking ships, it really doesn't matter end of day. Uh, three is a bad number. <laughs> Two's good. Two's okay. Can live with two. Maybe not great. But if you get to four, that's usually things have gone way too far. And there's no coming back from four. You're going to be out for a while. But three, three is the interesting one because it's usually when people have had so much to drink that they think they're making perfect sense. But everybody around them knows that they're making zero sense. Some would call that the entertainment stage, right? But however you look at it, it has to do with so many 
of whether it's ropes or sheets, if you will, that create a balance, right, in the situation at hand versus allowing the ship or the windmill to be out of control. All right. I just thought I'd take a lighter tone this week. I, I was pretty heavy last week with my uh, where I went with that stuff. And I don't know, these were things that just hit me. Uh, the the Rida's Rain one came up with, with Ida because I was getting all sorts of rain references and I was reminded of that one. And certainly Ida, for me, was there was nothing right about that rain, right? That was more of a cats and dogs or as I started in the beginning, sharks and squids because I could have sworn I no I know I didn't see anything like that in the, in the streets but I was in a setting that very well could have been a sequel to a, a Sharknado movie not that we ha- haven't had enough of those already but as your week goes forward okay and as you're enjoying your weather or your connection to weather and life right or just the next time that you don't have the foggiest idea just remember there's much more to weather than the weather itself <laughs>